0: have no idea if this is working or not, but I was just going to say a few words before I have to go into work for the evening, and I won't be able to um, give you all any updates on the happenings today. I've been covering the Nicole Bowen murder. From the very beginning, and started podcasting about it. I have about six episodes on Ray Hanish and Nicole Bowen. They were murdered by Garrett Kurtz and Company. This is an update. Garrett Kurtz was sentenced today for his role in the murder. His primary role in the murder of Nicole Bowen, and I got to be a part of that. Which is kind of a crazy story that when I have a little bit more time, I will definitely tell. But I just wanted to let everyone know that I am so proud of Cheryl and Ginger. And when you look at things in the beginning and and you think... Oh gosh, what are they doing? Why are they giving? I've been pretty critical of Newton County and the prosecutor there. But today, as I sat there, you, yeah, would him getting life for life, which is what Cheryl mentioned in her statement to Garrett um, from the witness stand. Yeah. Yeah but we do have a system in place that we have laws, we have procedures, and we have all of that for a reason. And long story short, if Garrett were to go to a jury trial, I I don't think he would have gotten any more time than he got today. He took a plea deal that was offered to him um, a few months back because, Due to COVID, the sentencing, they delayed it as long as possible. Just so in hopes that the family could be there. And they did get to attend. Everyone was socially distant. And the court did a really good job of keeping everyone safe. And I think that everyone was as happy as you can be in a situation like this. And I have a lot of quotes from the judge, Judge Moulter. And I have those written down, and I will get those out later, because he really, he really did bring a lot of comfort, I think, to the family and understanding to his courtroom, Um, having proceeded over, I think he said, 15 um, murder cases to date in his career. And even though... Garrett sat pretty much stone-faced. He walked in, and I just so happened to be coming up the stairs from the bathroom, and, um, so he was basically walked in right behind me. It's pretty eerie when you're that close to a, at least a double murderer, and I think he is the murderer of, um, Maybe it's vehicular manslaughter, but I think that he had a part in Steven Masterson's um, death as well. There's no way anyone's going to be able to convince me that that was an accident. Never. And just that vibe, that the, just that oozing of... Although he doesn't give off as bad a vibe as Ashley Garth does, it's still just that you're... You're literally that close to someone that has taken a life with their bare hands or an extension of their hands, which takes a while. And to me, I think that any case that involves strangulation should automatically be premeditated murder just because of the sheer time that it takes to kill someone in that manner. And I he goes off into another room and we're escorted and all seated. The judge comes in. Everything was pretty standard about the day. Uh, there wasn't really any big breaking news or any revelations or whatever. Uh, we would have loved to see, I would have personally loved to see White County Sheriff's, um, officers coming in and, and, arresting him in a way, or at least charging him. I know he's not going to go, you know, they could have done that, but charging him for Ray Hanish's murder, um, alleged murder, but that did not happen. And uh, Ginger came up first. She spoke and she did so amazing. And I can't wait to fill you in on some of the details of what she had to say. Garrett sat there stone-faced with his big, thick, rimmed glasses and mask on. Um, It was kind of hard to even see his face through all of that. But he did not really flinch. He didn't look at her. Um, She finally wanted him to look at some pictures, and she had to tell him to. However, when Cheryl got up there, she wasn't having it. She put up with it for a few but then she basically put her papers down and was like, Garrett, Kirk, Garrett look at me. And I will definitely write all of this out and have a more accurate account later. I just wanted to shout out to them of how proud I am for what they did. And I know they know this, that that will go on the record um, for when he's up for parole. And, um how proud I am of them. I know that they spent hours and hours working on their statements to him and to the court and they really just spoke from the heart. At one point, Cheryl even put her papers down and she just spoke to him. Uh, She didn't need to have anything written down about the way she feels about her daughter and all that her daughter has missed and all that her sons will miss. She lives that every day. And... She got to have that moment to where she got to speak finally after two years. And she listed the amount of days that's passed since then. I have it written down. I think she said 652. And while he's felt every one of those in jail, I, she's felt every one of those days too. It has been hell. And I'm so proud of her. And I know that she's got to feel just a little bit less burdened of having gotten this Garrett Kurtz out of the way. And she's done such a good job of knowing when to say when and backing away from social media when she needed a break and staying strong. She's just an amazing woman. They all are. Dottie, Cher, and Roxy and Roxy's daughter they got to be there today. Uh, so it was just a really a good day, a uh, happy day. And they stood together in the relationship that they forged through this has just been amazing to I'm I'm honored to call them my friends, my family. And just some really spectacular people. And gosh, I really hope this is recording. (laughs) I bet it's not. Oh, that'd be funny. But, um, Garrett, like I said, was saying earlier, he, he wasn't, he was reading a paper. I don't know what he was reading. You could tell his, his attorney was getting very annoyed with him. Um, he looked like he wanted to kick him under the table, but, uh, I wish he had, because we would have totally seen that from where I was. But Cheryl finally put her paper down and said, look at me. And the least you could do is look at me, Garrett. And he did. And she showed him pictures. They had a slideshow, and she brought in physical pictures of Nicole and Nicole's boys and their beautiful family and showed it to him and made him look at it. And she called him a piece of shit. And he nodded in agreement. I don't know if that was just a, I don't know, I'm not going to speculate on that, but um, I don't think he thinks he's a piece of shit. I think he thinks that, like his lawyer said, uh, Garrett did not speak on, he didn't speak to the court, he didn't speak to Nicole's family, he did not make a statement One. No one in his family made a statement, and um, that will also reflect when he goes up for parole that no one spoke on his behalf, and he did not speak on his behalf and to the family of Nicole Bowen for what they've done, and uh, so I just, you know, I'm happy, I'm actually happy that he didn't. And nothing that he says is would have made them feel a lick better. Everyone would've known it wasn't genuine. The judge said so himself. He's watched him all these two years, you know, just callous and disingenuous. Just a disingenuous little brat. He's only twenty three years old. Um it's it's just pretty sad and and his attorney went on to blame it on drugs, you know, without be it not for drugs. Uh, Nicole would be alive, you know, and I'm not even going to get into that right now because I could be on here for too long and I have to get into work. There was a few other things that were interesting and as soon as I can, we will have a conversation about those. Thank you guys for listening to Cold Truth. Y'all have a good one.